Welcome everyone to the Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast, a Prairie Proud Wrestling Podcast covering everything from Winnipeg to worldwide. My name is Blair Pacheco. I hope you're doing well. Hope you're having a great day, evening, weekend, whatever it is you might be sitting down and listening to this. I am currently watching the Leafs and Panthers and very happy that the Leafs made it to the second round. Did not think they would do it. I have watched many, many terrible Leafs teams, so seeing them actually advance for a change has been a very welcome surprise. But we're not here to talk hockey. We are here to talk wrestling. And my guest this week is Michael Richard Blaze. Now, MRB is synonymous with wrestling. I think everyone in Canada is incredibly familiar with who he is, what he has done, and what he is doing. He is doing something incredible. It is an Infinity Gauntlet wrestling match. He is going to be wrestling for eight hours, raising support for Stollery Kids. Now, he's trying to raise $5,000. He's currently at about 4000 if I'm not mistaken. So, we talk all about the match, why he wanted to do it, what about Stollery Kids, all of that sort of stuff. We talk about his match at the Fight at the Museum WPW show with James Roth. An incredible match, one of my favorites. Uh, so far this year so we talk all about that he drops a little known James Roth trivia and uh, so that's a lot of fun and we just talk wrestling he shares some incredible stories and it's a, a really incredible chat and I'm very happy to share it with you so without further ado on the Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast Michael Richard Blaze April 8th at the Manitoba Museum WPW put on Fight at the Museum, which was a phenomenal, a phenomenal event. From top to bottom, everything looked great. The venue was incredible. The matches were top-notch. Everyone just, it gave it their all. And it really came across. I think the fans had a, had a blast there. And I mean, your match with James Roth, I thought that was really something special. The story you guys told, everything involved, the crowd was into it. I mean, to me, like right now like i have that match as one of my tops for the year and it's going to be tough for anything to compare with that just with like the story you guys told what were your thoughts coming out of that uh coming out of the match and with the event as a whole well first of all thank you very much for the compliment i appreciate that um i really i i was really proud of that match i really liked that match to be honest with you a big thing I tweeted about it and posted on Instagram about this. I don't think a lot of people know this, though. One of the first things that, like, James Roth ever did when it came to training was actually one of my mini camps in 2019. Oh, wow. So, yeah, so when I found out that first WPW show I did back in August, mm-hmm. that was when, like, I walked up to him and, like, I didn't recognize him with his mustache and everything now. And he reminded me who he was. And I was like, oh, shit, you kept going. And, like, you're doing really well. So then when I found out I was going to have this match with him, I was super stoked for it. And I really, it lived up to, like, what I hoped it would be. Because mm-hmm. sometimes, like, you go into the that situation like that. And it's almost like, uh, like, this is a very new guy, but I hope he's doing really well and all this stuff. And you almost wonder, like, am I going to be disappointed? Or, like, is it going to be just, like, what you expect? It ended up being, like, way, way better than I expected. 
like mm-hmm. anybody at that time in their career would be. And it was just like lived up to everything I would have hoped it would possibly be. Mm-hmm. Um, something I really liked about it, and I appreciate you saying the crowd was into it so much, is sometimes I find for me myself, because my character currently is so, especially when I do my entrance, I'm not like the rhinestone cowboy or anything where you have this like crazy theme and I'm coming out dancing or anything like that. Mm -hmm. I'm very like dark and brooding in a way, or I'm like just trying to look creepy. And my music is very like dark brooding, like fucking just horror story. That's okay. We're on here, (laughs) but just like hard music. Right. So I felt like actually when I went out there, the crowd wasn't quite into it like you would maybe hope on your entrance at first. And I think that's something that happens to me a lot when I'm going to a different place. Mm-hmm. But by like the middle of that match, five minutes into it, all of a sudden everybody was into everything that was happening. And mm-hmm. then I had a lot of people come up afterwards and be like, oh, I think that was match of the night. Like that match was crazy. Mm-hmm. And whether I believe that or not, the fact that there's some fans that believe it is really cool to me. So I think it was a good, it was a good like way of showing basically what Michael Richard Blaze is like by the end of a match I have, like hopefully whether you knew who I was to begin with or not, you know who I am afterwards and you're like, Oh, this guy can go and I want to see more of this guy. So that made me feel really good. And I appreciate you saying that. Um, the show itself was wild. Mm-hmm. Like WPW has something extremely special out in Winnipeg. And the fact that they sold out the next show during intermission <laughs> made me kind of, for lack of a better way of putting this, like I kind of shit my pants when I heard that. <laughs> like I'm out there selling merch and all of a sudden I hear, and we've already sold out the next show, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. I'm like, what? In what world do you sell out the next show at the current show? It's unheard of nowadays for like a situation like that. Like, I I mean, I lucked out, I grabbed tickets. So like, I'm very thankful for that. But like, there's people like, if you weren't at that show, chances are you are not going to the next one. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. And like, they should be super proud of everything they built. And I'm, I'm really happy and I feel very grateful that it seems like myself and the clandestine society are getting to kind of join that family and be a part of it mm-hmm. a little bit now. And hopefully there's more and I can carry on attempting to bring WPW to salvation, you know? I mean, one thing I do want to mention because like it was the, the job they did was fantastic was there's one family that always brings signs and i know you tweeted out the sign and a few other people of the the great artwork they did and i mean i just want to give props to them because it's something that like you know you don't really see tons of stuff like that at indie shows but like the work that they put in i think everyone who sees them are just kind of blown away by that so not to take too much away but i just did want to mention that one oh i'm i'm glad you did i those signs were amazing mm-hmm. once i like especially when i saw them I thought the designs were cool to begin with. When I saw them in person, I was like, oh, this isn't like, you didn't print this onto a signboard off a printer. This is actually hand-drawn yeah. with like Sharpies. I was like, that's wild. And what I thought was even cooler than the signs they made themselves was just how they 
we're so appreciative mm-hmm. of the work that we do and everything. Meanwhile, like what they don't realize is we're actually sitting behind the table being like, no, like, thank you guys. Like you guys made these signs of us and you're paying your hard earned money to come watch us. Mm-hmm. And like, you're supporting us. So it was just cool that there was that mutual appreciation mm-hmm. and respect there. And I'm looking forward to actually, I just haven't, I need to go out and buy another package of thumbtacks for the training school. Mm-hmm. Cause I took the posters home actually. So oh, I'm nice. going to put them up like me, Taryn and Steven up at the clandestine school and make sure I take a nice picture of them and post them on Twitter and awesome. tag everybody. Yeah. I mean, you see what WPW is doing and like, it seems, I know predominantly this podcast focuses just on Western Canada because those are more, you know, like Eastern Canada is so dense with, you know, promotions and population that, that there's so many to keep track of, but like with Western Canada, you can kind of grab, you know, a hold of it and you see what WPW is doing. You see, you know, like with what WrestleCore is doing, you see what love wrestling is doing in Alberta. And it's like, all of these promotions or dungeon wrestling in Calgary too. All these promotions are putting on these incredible shows. The fans are just rabid for it. And I mean, you've been able to almost like set a footprint in all of those. And even, uh, last month out in uh, Toronto with GCW, like you've been a big part of all of these shows all across Canada. Yeah. I've been really lucky that I guess just that opportunities have been coming and people have trusted me to be a part of these companies and a big part of all of them. Mm -hmm. And I guess it's one of those things where all I ever try to do is just be like, as weird as this is like have fun and be as good a person as I can be and be with my group of people and everything Mm -hmm. and just be cool. And it seems to work out that just doing my thing has become a thing. And I've been really lucky too, that every company that's reached out and has given these platforms to me and like my friends and everything as being the places that honestly I want to be like for Winnipeg WPW is to me, like just watching as an outsider, even before it's the place to be. And like, that's where I wanted to wrestle. And I'm lucky that that's where I get to wrestle Mm -hmm. even in Calgary, like dungeon wrestling. That's where I want to wrestle. Like my friend, a lot of my friends are actually involved in dungeon wrestling. And then it's ran by Bret Hart. So of course I want to wrestle there. love wrestling is literally love wrestling is literally like a a lot of the people that i'm very close to are a part of it but b it's what i always envision wrestling in this area could be Mm -hmm. where it's all inclusive there's nothing weird you're trying to not only promote to here but get the names of everybody that's here out there yeah like love wrestling does everything i always dreamed of doing here and then WrestleCore is just like, WrestleCore, I look at WrestleCore and it's like, oh, this is like the crazy kind of wrestling I have always wanted to be a part of and just mm-hmm. like make crazy ideas into reality and blow people's minds. So um, it's really cool that I've just gotten lucky enough that everywhere that has given me the opportunities are the places that I've always wanted the opportunities from. Yeah. So, no. yeah. I mean, you've been a part of some incredible matches. I mean, you've done scramble matches. You did a 
very memorable ladder match with Love Wrestling. Um, I have to ask, what has been the longest match you've been a part of so far? Um, the longest match I've been a part of so far is what was it? Six... Oh no, we didn't go past it actually. Sixty minutes. Yeah. yeah. Just straight up an hour. I've done three hour long matches. For some reason, I thought one of them would have been a little longer, but it wasn't. It was about 59 minutes. So, yeah, I've done three full on hour matches. Okay. Th- this ties into my next thing because I know. Oh, I know where you're going. Yeah. <laughs> May 13th, you are doing something incredible. It's a fundraiser for Stollery Children's Hospital out in Alberta you are going to be doing the infinity gauntlet wrestling for eight hours straight. And I mean, this is everything about this is incredible. The fact that you're doing it to help out the hospital, the money that is, has been raised so far. I mean, what does something like this mean to you to be able to do this? Um, honestly, it's crazy. It's like hard to put into words and actually explain what it means the right way. It's such a big thing for me, not only because, so it's a big thing in a lot of different ways for me, just like completely selfishly, it's a goal that I always had for some reason. I don't know why. I just always had this idea of, I want to do this really long match. that's like memorable. And I've had different ideas for it throughout the years, but it's just always been a goal of mine to do Mm -hmm. for whatever reason. And then it ties into my whole it's literally like to that day. It's funny how it all worked out because that day just happened to be the day that like everybody was free. It's on a weekend. It's kind of like, it's not super hot out. It's not summer yet, but it's not super cold out either. So I can keep the bay door open. We're not all going to (laughs) die. That sort of stuff. But literally to that day is the first time I ever got into a ring Mm -hmm. train at all. 20 years first time like to the day may 13th 2003 was the first day i ever stepped foot in a ring so there's all that that goes into it then there's obviously the charity aspect of it which i've always wanted to do things for charity mm-hmm. like i just think it's good to give back to the community yeah. and especially so for me the reason i ended up going with the salary was and I probably could have done like some sort of other charities that are like super nationally known or whatever, instead of just like the Stollery Children's Hospital Edmonton. But to me, it's close to home. I have a lot of friends and like family who have had things with children who've gone through the Stollery and everything. Recently, it's stuff that like, it's not my story to tell, but I've had, I've heard of situations and everything. And some of them, a couple of them have, tied into like bullying too and kids that have had issues because of that and it's led them into the stallery for different reasons and then that reminded me of myself as a kid and I was like I went through a lot of bullying as a kid and if it wasn't for the support system I had I wouldn't I I don't want to say I wouldn't be here today but I wouldn't be what I am today and if it wasn't for wrestling because a lot of my support system came through wrestling I definitely wouldn't be what I am today. Mm -hmm. So then I was like, ah, if I'm doing this cool wrestling thing and I want to do something for charity, this seems like the perfect fit, like wrestling, helping kids in some way. 
made me feel really good and it seemed like the right charity to do it for. And then I've got the added benefit too of I'm doing it with literally all my friends, Mm -hmm. like friends, even if they're not super close friends, people that I like train, but a lot of them are just like really close friends to me. Mm -hmm. So it's this whole big thing where it just encompasses like everything that is a person makes me happy and like feel good as weird as that sounds. So there's all that. And then it's honestly just like, I get to wrestle for eight hours and I love wrestling Like more than anything else. I love wrestling. So if I can wrestle for a whole day and have a lot of fun and hopefully not die and do something special for a good reason, Mm -hmm. it's like the no brainer. It's the coolest thing. Yeah, like, I mean, I looked and as of the recording right now, you're at 2,800, I think, for, I mean, the original goal was 25, was it? Um, The original goal actually was 1,600. 1,600, okay. Yeah, so when, like, you sign up for the salary here, because that's another thing, actually, that I should mention, because I haven't really super put this out there this way yet. I was hoping to actually post about it a little earlier than I did because to me, so this is another thing actually that shows how meaningful this is to me and is a reasoning for it. I'm weird where no matter how much people tell me that like people care about like all this stuff here and everything and all that stuff and how meaningful things are, I always feel like I'm just a dude mm-hmm. and people don't, I honestly believe that it wouldn't, be as big a deal that it wouldn't pop off on Twitter like it did or on Facebook and that people wouldn't want to donate as much. I knew people would want to donate to charity, but I didn't think people would be like, Oh, this is really cool. I want to make sure like we hit this goal as much as they did. So the salary and like, I felt that way literally just because I felt like I might be cool. I might be okay at wrestling, but like, I'm also just a dude. Right. So, (laughs) But like, so the salary says like, hey, make sure you set a proper goal, like something that you think is realistic. So like, okay, how can I tie this into the amount of time? I think a realistic goal is 1600. And then I say like, it's a hundred dollars for every half hour I'm planning to do. Yeah. So like that made sense to me. So there's 1600 there, realistic goal. I think I'm posting about it we got six weeks and so because when you sign up for the salary and i made a point i wanted to sign up for the salary for it and do it properly through them and have them set up the fundraiser Mm -hmm. because i didn't want any questions about where anything was going yeah yeah like 100 of it that website that i point to all the time that's a salary website it was set up by them everything is going straight to them i don't Mm -hmm. see any of it i don't touch it um so that was a big deal to me. And so I set that realistic goal because of that. And then somehow blew past it in, <laughs> what was it, like six hours maybe? I think it, I posted about it at 9 a.m. on a Friday. And by 2 p.m. that same day, it had hit 1,600. And I was literally like, yo, this is the craziest thing that's ever happened. And I didn't realize it because I work a nine-to-five job. Yeah. So... I posted the post and then I turned my phone off to work (laughs) for the rest of the day. And then I got an email notification because I have like 
my personal email is attached to like all the other emails. Yeah. So I'm getting like all these emails from work, work, work. And then all of a sudden I get one from my personal email and it's the salary. And they're telling me, Hey, just so you know, you hit the goal already and you have six weeks until like the end of it. So maybe you want to up the goal. And they were the ones that were actually like, yeah, maybe like up the goal. Like we'd suggest either doubling it or like maybe even go for 5,000 because it's a nice round number. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> so yeah, I, it was shocking. And we blew past the goal fast. Cause I think, oh, I think by the next day, it. Yeah, I think by the next day, it was already at $2,000. So it was already mm -hmm. over 400 from what the original one was. Mm -hmm. So, And I mean, I, I have no shadow of a doubt that the goal will be reached. And I encourage ev anyone listening, if they can, to, you know, you know, donate, share, like, retweet, anything. Just get the word out there because it's for a great cause what you're doing. And I mean, it's it's incredible to see. And I mean, I, I hope that we you can get there and so much more for it. Thank you, dude. I really appreciate that. Um, I was also smart for things like this. I finally set up like a website that just has everything laid out there. So really quick, if you just go to clandestinewrestlingsociety.com slash infinity, you'll get the donation thing and the YouTube page and everything. Perfect. So it's a lot easier now than me being like, go to scholarycei dot <laughs> blah, 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 slash these numbers. I still post that like every day on Twitter, mm -hmm. but that way you can just go like straight to that easy website and click the link to the donation page. And and the entire thing is going to be broadcast on YouTube, correct? Yeah. So what the plan is, is it's going to be live streamed on YouTube the day of. Mm -hmm. It's going to go from noon till 9 p.m. Um, that's mountain time because I'm in Edmonton. We're all in Edmonton. <laughs> so for you... I think that means sorry for you i think that means it starts at 1 p.m yeah i think one. that would be right yeah. yeah so noon to 9 p.m the reason for that is because i want the in ring time to be eight hours mm -hmm. so entrances won't count towards that so like the 30 seconds of my opponents making their entrance that's not going to count eight hours the clock will be stopped and every four matches there's going to be like a five minute intermission somewhere between four to five minutes. And I'm being completely open with this to everybody. When people ask me what the plan is and like, why it's literally because at first I wasn't going to do them. And then somebody brought up to me, it was actually Cobra Kai from WrestleCore. Mm -hmm. He was like, dude, at some point, like you're going to have to take a piss <laughs> Like at some point. Like if you're drinking water, like even if you're <laughs> drinking the water during the matches, to make sure you don't die at some point you're gonna have to go get that water out of you so i was mm -hmm. like oh yeah you're right okay i guess i'll like and then without going into any spoilers it's just like it was easy to make the four match rule yeah and then if i get like if i'm like oh i really gotta i really gotta go here <laughs> i can just lay down for a couple of the matches and get pinned <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so that that's why it seems like it's a little longer but it will mm -hmm. be live streamed on youtube and um the way that's going to be is it's just going to be we're running it out of our training building mm -hmm. so it's just going to be a straight like hard camera shot for the live stream it's going to be like on a webcam we're going to have um big bad boris who's the 
commentator for Love Pro Wrestling. Yeah. He's going to be doing commentary during it too. So it's not like you're just sitting there watching si- either yeah. silence or just like bumps in the ring. You're going to at least have commentary, but it will just be like a one camera shot to the live stream. I'm hopefully working on, and we'll see how it all works out. Also getting it filmed by a couple different people so we can release like a nice post-produced video of it afterwards but nice. we'll see how that works the, the live stream will be there though and there'll be i think what's crazy about it i didn't truly understand this i didn't like really think into my head and think of what was happening until i posted about it is i've heard of people doing certain things like this before but video footage was never out there mm-hmm. so for all like any of us know they were like and just like laying on the ground in a headlock for a half hour for some of it. Yeah. As soon as I realized like, Oh, as soon as I made this a live stream, like I have to go now, like this has to at least be somewhat interesting. Like I can't just be lazy or anything. And like, I wouldn't have been anyway because I like wrestling, Yeah, but like, I literally have to now because like, if you tune in, for a little bit during it like you're not going to want to sit there and just watch me doing like nothing for a little while I don't you're want to watch it, yeah like don't want to see like watch. a 10 minute rest hold you know exactly like you're <laughs> going to watch want to watch like me and zoe at least do a little bit in the ring like you'd usually see you're going to want to watch me and taryn do a little bit yeah. like you see you're going to maybe want to see a superplex or something and i'm going to be doing that six hours in and be like oh my god <laughs> i'm turning to dust but it's a good motivator too to make it like awesome. So. Mm-hmm. I mean, twenty years is like an incredible feat in wrestling. I mean, no matter what anyone says, I mean the just toll that it takes on you mentally and physically, and so many people that I've talked to, especially out in Alberta, I mean, they talk about how much you've impacted their careers. You know, just by through training and just like the support systems you have in place. I mean, when you first stepped in a stepped into a wrestling ring, did you ever imagine that you would be in this position, just like impacting people's lives like this? Honestly, I'd like the easy answer is no. Mm-hmm. I never, I never thought I would get to this point, and I didn't. Oh, it's like so hard to really get into it. And I'm also like a very emotional guy, the older I've gotten. So I might end up like, hopefully I don't end up crying when I'm talking about this. <laughs> I was so like, for so long, I really focused on like, I just want to do the best I can do and be cool. And like, I'm trying to make it, I'm trying to do this and whatever making it entails, like that's what I'm trying to do. And I would do things like, I would train, like, obviously I was trained by TJ Wilson Mm -hmm. and he instilled a lot. Like everything I'm doing now, honestly, comes from TJ because he gave me all of this when I was younger and when I needed it. Mm -hmm. So I had all that. And then I was like, uh, when I came around, there wasn't as much, like people weren't going out to BC as much. People weren't doing this, like the cheap flights weren't around Mm -hmm. things like that. So I was like, ah, there's something like I got to do something here. So I would get like me and my friends, like Sheik Shabazz was one. We just like get together. We take our money, like whatever savings we'd have and we'd put it together and we'd fly out to North Carolina or St. Louis or whatever. 
and we'd get a hotel room with each other for a week and we'd just do training camps out there yeah. and try to amass all this knowledge and just get our names out there and network with people. And I was just doing all that. I just kept doing all that. I kept doing all that. And all I was thinking about at the time was just, I need to keep my head level, be a good dude, try to be a good dude, like do this with my friends and try to get to where I can get sort of thing. And I wasn't really seeing like, I guess like, what's that quote? Like forest for the trees. I don't know if that's right in this context, but I don't know if I was really seeing the forest for the trees. Like I wasn't taking in all the moments. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden it was like 2017, 2018-ish. I started having these people like at the time, Colton Kelly and um, his name on like shows was Fury okay, in PWA, but his actual name was like Cody Sorokin. Mm-hmm. But like he, him, and then like Richie Rage at the time, and then even Sheik Shabazz and people like that be like, yo, dude, like you've helped me a lot. Like just mm-hmm. like you telling me like things that you know or like giving me plan, like ideas or whatever, like you should be like happy about that. And then like other, some of my other friends would say the same thing. And I was like, oh, did I just like accidentally start doing this thing where like I'm the guy people come to for advice and like I'm the guy that does this I'm the guy that does that and then all of a sudden 2019 comes around and there just happened to be a chance with force pro wrestling where I could help out and be like the trainer there and then all these people wanted to come train with me and I was like oh okay like you guys all want to train with me. And then I would talk to TJ about it. And TJ was like, yeah, like you don't realize like what you've actually been doing this entire time. Like I've seen it. I've seen you doing it this entire time. And you're always coming to me and like talking to me about not just situations with yourself, but talking to me about like situations with other people that you can help them with and asking me for advice on how to help people get forward too, not just yourself. And I was like, Oh, I guess I have been doing this. (laughs) So the short answer is like, no, I never actually saw myself in that position because it wasn't a plan. It just sort of happened. But now that like it's happened and everything and I look at everything, I'm like very, very thankful that it all happened. And it makes me, it probably makes me happier and feel better doing things like that. And that's what ended up being the thing I'm maybe most known for now. Mm-hmm. than my like my own wrestling itself if that makes sense it, it it does and like even with what you said and like on a much smaller scale i mean like even with what i do like i'll have someone come up to me and be like oh hey you're blair you host the podcast and someone i've never met before and just thinking that like this person listens to me talk about wrestling and have guests on and it's a little bit of a mind a mind fuck with it sometimes because like you don't really think that you impact people's lives but you do for for better or worse in that situation so. yeah 100 percent. that's like yeah it's such a crazy thing to think and that goes back to like what i was saying about the fundraiser thing like i didn't think it would hit the goal that fast because i'm literally like uh i'm just a dude like i have a lot of like i have some friends i've helped some people that's cool but like nobody like it's not that special mm-hmm and then all of a sudden it like blows past the water. Like you truly don't understand like the impact you can have on people and like how much support 
people are actually giving you either sometimes like it's crazy and it's so like I don't know hard to like it's just it what's that word like it's like humbling almost yeah. and it's very like it's like emotional it's yeah. like very emotional 100%. to think that stuff but yeah um I mean, we, we talked a little bit about it and like coming out of COVID, I mean, I think without a shadow of a doubt, wrestling has been more popular now than say the late nineties, you know, for like, you know, fans investment, you know, just the popularity and going to shows and all of that. And I mean, to see what you've been able to do the past couple of years and where you've been going, you know, doing what you've been doing with the clandestine society, going down wrestling and defy all across Canada. Like that is incredible to see, especially like, you know, coming out of a spot where like, I think people didn't know what to expect after, you know, the pandemic hit, you know, like, so for yourself, like what is something like that? Like when you see that and what you've been able to do, how, like, what are your thoughts about that? I think my thoughts about that honestly are and I try to instill this a lot when now now when I'm like actually training people I try to explain a lot to them and anytime anybody's come to me for advice beforehand my honest thoughts about it are this is more of a mental game than it is physical Mm -hmm. like it's physical it's obviously physical but it's more of a mental game than it ever will be physical and everything you just said is like actually like proof of that because without getting into like without trying to make it sound too like dramatic or anything when we were going into the pandemic I was a 29 year old guy on like the cusp of like people like I was having tryouts and people were like oh this guy is like whatever and then the pandemic happened and we're coming out of the pandemic and I'm like in my thirties now and WWE saying all this stuff like, Oh, we don't hire people over 30 and anything anymore and things like that. So it's very easy where I could sit back if I wanted to and be like, Oh, I got screwed by life or anything like that. But what does that do for anybody? Like what is getting bitter and like acting like that really do for anybody? So really like instead it's like, Oh, I can still like make it like you never know what's going to happen. You never know. Like in a couple of years, they could be like, Oh, we don't care about age anymore. Like we're going to hire anybody. Like AJ Styles got hired when he was 40. Yeah. So like that don't matter. No reason to get bitter about that. And then like you look at everything else that's happening around and literally it was okay. The world's open again. My body feels great. My, my injury that I had, it's all fixed now. Mm-hmm. WrestleCore is just starting. Love Wrestling is just starting. Oh, there's this like weird thing now called Flare Air, which <laughs> like they're shitty flights, but they're cheap. Mm-hmm. And then like GCW is coming to Canada. I have these people, like I have some connections now and everything. Oh, there's an opportunity to get a warehouse and have my own training school now. Like there's an opportunity to make the clandestine wrestling society, like a real thing. Mm -hmm. So it was like, just take all that and look at all the pauses and throw yourself full force into it Mm -hmm. through it. Like the pandemic stole years from everybody. Yeah. But 
if you look at every positive that you possibly could like coming out of it, if there was any for you and just throw yourself into that, look at like what ends up happening. Mm-hmm. I would have, honestly, I would have never thought that like, if I wanted to the like week everything first happened or maybe that first month that everything first happened, I would have never thought coming out of it that I'd be infinity champion or love pro wrestling champion, or that I would even be on a defy show, mm-hmm. but here we are. And it's just because you just keep pushing, like yeah. you just don't stop. Right. So I think that's how I feel about it. I'm very grateful for it. I'm very thankful. And I just like, that to me, it's an example of what I say and try to tell other people is like, it's a mental game. Just be positive. Just keep pushing. Just don't give up. It will happen. And it might not be your definition of it happening either, but when whatever happens that's supposed to happen, you will be happy with it. So. I mean, it's come up a few times and uh, I mean, it's a huge part of yourself. And I mean, the clandestine society and from the get go, it has been something that, I've loved because in wrestling, especially in independent wrestling, you don't see factions or groups. And it's something that you guys have really almost like been the innovators of it because now you're seeing, you know, you're seeing the rads, you're seeing seven and all these different groups. And I mean, the fact that you'll have the clandestine society and everyone will be, you know, heading out West for shows in WrestleCore or NEW or wherever, or, you know, coming to WPW. I mean, it's, I love the fact that you're able to take a whole faction and still transition that to other territories, so to say. Um, yeah, I really, it's funny because originally it was never, it was never supposed to just be like a three person faction as most people see it now. Mm-hmm. It was originally like the original concept of it all. And like, I think you probably heard of it was like the show that we had yeah. in 2019. Yeah. That was the original concept of it all. And the whole, literally the entire idea was basically what love pro wrestling is doing now was like, I just want all the people that are like my friends and really cool. And that I truly believe. So in 2019, I had that one viral clip where I did the Spanish fly to the floor and it blew up and that got me booked for GCW originally and got me a tour of England, that sort of stuff. And when that happened, I was like, there's so many people that can do such amazing things here and they just have to get out there. So the original concept of it was this one time show literally just to, and originally there was never supposed to be fans. Mm-hmm. There was supposed to be a studio show before there was even a pandemic, but it was going to be like, just all of us getting together and having the craziest matches we can and live streaming and trying to get gifts out there and trying to get like people that you wouldn't usually see in Alberta seen everywhere and yeah. booked everywhere. And then all of a sudden it exploded and fans were begging to come and it turned into a real show. And I was like, Oh shit, <laughs> like we actually have to do this. So personally, I look at the clandestine society, the core that you see, because that's like publicly that's the core and that's, who travels everywhere together it's me taryn and steven but there's so many more like in the background mm-hmm. like i put bayrak in there zoe sager's in there reed matthews is in there mars the specialist is in there jack pride's in there i could keep listing names over and over again because it then turned into this thing where it's just like everybody supporting everybody mm-hmm. and trying to get each other out there and stuff like that 
And so when the opportunity came around where WrestleCore was actually the first one that really ran with it and asked us to do it, came around where it was like, hey, do you want to do this publicly? Like, do you want to have a faction? And I was all like, well, I could, but I want it to be like with my people. And then before I even said anything, he had pitched Taryn and Steven to me. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, like 100%, like I'm 100% in. Yeah. And it just made it so we could put that out there. Like what we were all doing for each other behind the scenes became a reality that everybody got to see where it's like, we literally just are supporting each other. And you can call me the leader if you want. I'm the founding father of the clandestine society. Cobra Kai coined that term. But I think a cool thing about it is, so I'm obviously, character is obviously a very cult leader type of character, Mm -hmm. right? But the way I see a cult leader and the way I see myself is I don't want you to be in my image. I don't want you to be like Michael Richard Blaze. I want you to be you because the best possible version of you is what's going to make us as a group the best possible version. And then if you want to go into like character mode and like if I'm the cult leader, I need the best possible version of you to push me up higher. Mm-hmm. Right. But like, realistically, I just want like everybody to be the best possible version of themselves. So that's why like when people, sometimes we get like a little bit of criticism where it's like, how does it make sense that there's a pink cowboy in this really dark group? And I'm like, because literally the point of the group is I'm just trying to grab people and turn them into the best possible versions of themselves. And that's the best possible version of Stephen Crow is the rhinestone cowboy. So I want that pink cowboy to be going crazy. So, well, I mean, it's first off, like to question something like that, it's like, first off it's wrestling and there's so many different ways you can go with it. But like for so long, it had been such like, a, a cookie cutter sort of like plan, you know, like, oh, a group has to be like this where everyone dresses the same, everyone talks the same, everyone has the same MO. But like we've seen more and more lately, like that isn't the case and it doesn't need to be the case, you know, like you can have a, a group or a faction where everyone, just like the clandestine society, and like if the leader wants, you want them to be the best version of themselves. That is all you need for it to make the group successful. And slowly, I think people are getting out of the mindset of like thinking, you know, like being more open to something like that. I agree completely. And I think it's a good, I could be wrong. I don't want to get into like too much like real life political stuff, but I think it's a good way of showing like wrestling can be fairly progressive Mm -hmm. because I think that's the way like society is trending too. It's like literally just support people and, let people be the best versions of themselves. And that's mm-hmm. now that that's getting that way in like wrestling and wrestling's really running with it. I think that's one of those things where it kind of shows wrestling can be wrestling can sometimes imitate society and be ahead of society in some ways, even. And it makes me happy, especially when people notice it, like you've noticed it. It makes me happy when people notice that that is what we're doing with like the clandestine society thing, Mm -hmm. because it's just like, it's good. It's good validation almost, I guess, that people see it and it makes me feel good. And then when I'm actually glad you brought up the rad, to be honest with you, because I think it's really cool now and whether people like, whether this is why or not, or whether anybody admits to it or not, 
but I don't think they have to. Like, they might have had this idea themselves anyway, so whatever. But I do think it's cool that now you do have other groups that are doing it too. Mm-hmm. Because I like to think that even if they had the idea beforehand, at least maybe seeing us be able to do it made them go like, oh, this is actually doable. And yeah. so they started running with it. And I think that's really cool too, because when it comes right down to it, everything's easier when you have like friends supporting friends. Mm-hmm. So well, that's something that like I, I'm very, it's like to see from my point of view to see it and like seeing everyone, you know, you know, hype each other up and like, you know, talking about like getting, you know, the video clips out there and promoting up on Twitter. And it's like the, I think it, the term is like, rising tides raise all ships and it's like when you have people who all believe in that like it only benefits everybody involved uh i agree 100 percent, and you're right about the quote and i use that (laughs) quote all the time (laughs) literally all all the time i'll always be like hey rising tide raises all boats so Mm -hmm. the more you the more you promote and like get over the more I do, the more my brother does, the more Taryn does, the more Zoe does, the more Bayrat does. And then when that happens, oh, the more even like Rich King does, the more even Mitch Clark does, oh, that pumps it out that all of a sudden now like places in Winnipeg are seeing all of us. And maybe we don't always all get booked on the exact same shows, but some of us are all getting booked on shows and like we just go to different shows, but everybody gets seen eventually. Mm-hmm. And it works out so yeah um i mean you're you're you've got the school and i mean you're running the mini camps there and i mean what has been the the reception with running those so far um it's been really good actually and we haven't gone in a lot of we have a few full-time like new students we haven't gotten as many as we do the mini camp people because i think a lot of mini camp people just want to like kind of try it out yeah but everybody's been really happy with them and they come and they're super excited and they work their ass off and then the new students that we've gotten the new students that we've gotten have all started from the mini camp oh nice. so obviously yeah so like obviously they come and they see it and they have a good time and they're like, oh, this is something I can do. And like, we like the environment and everything. Cause that's a big thing is I wouldn't be able, I'm sure I could run a school completely by myself if I absolutely had to. And it was like a big business thing, but I don't think I'd be able to do it the way I want to. Mm-hmm. And the way we are doing it, if it wasn't for having like Taryn, Zoe, Bayrat, Stephen Crow, like those types around it all the time because such a big thing about it to me. That's why whenever I post anything about it, I put like fitness because fitness is important, mm-hmm. wrestling training because obviously it's wrestling training, and then community is the other thing because so much of it to me is the environment that we have with those people and just making it like a supportive, fun community to be part of. Mm-hmm. So I want people to come and be like, oh, this is like a place where like, I feel like people are like, cool. Like I feel happy being here. I don't want anybody to ever be like, Oh, it's like what we always heard wrestlers were like, I never want that to be the reception. I always wanted to be like, Oh, these people are all awesome. Mm -hmm. So I think all of them see that at the mini camps and it just, yeah, it's been like a blast and it makes me super happy. And actually that Jared Rogers, who just had his 
first match on our like LPW by clandestine wrestling yeah. society show. He started in a mini camp just in October. Oh, wow. And then he signed up like literally two days after the mini camp full time. And he's, he comes every single day, works his ass off. He gets in there all the time with like Zoe and Tara. And sometimes I'll just grab him and start wrestling with him and make him do like a 30 minute match with me. <laughs> and he, he progressed so fast. I was like, okay, like I kind of have to put you on this show. Yeah. Like I never promise anybody anything. That's one thing I don't, I never promise anybody the world or anything i'm not a big fan of being like in three months i'll make sure you'll be on shows or mm-hmm. like in this amount of time you'll be able to go here or whatever because it just doesn't work out sometimes like sometimes people have different abilities sometimes it takes longer for others mm-hmm. the one thing i always do promise and like my little quote that we all have there is we won't give up on you as long as you don't give up on yourself mm-hmm. so if you keep pushing and you keep trying and you keep working like we will keep going as hard as possible with you and making sure that you get to whatever level you want to work to. Mm-hmm. So like in Jared's case, literally only took him like, what's that? October, November, December, January, February, March. It literally only took him five months Yeah, before he was ready to have a pretty good match with Zoe. Mm-hmm. Like I was very proud watching that match. I was like, Whoa, this guy, like, I knew he was doing good at training, but when they had that match, I was like, whoa, this guy's doing better than I thought he would even. This is crazy. So, yeah, they've been really good and, like, super, they make me super, super happy. Well, uh, like, from, like, my perspective, I love that you have such a different group of people providing training there and all different, like, they've all come from different backgrounds, different outlooks on wrestling, but, like, everyone has the same mindset about it, but you're going to be able to take different things from each one, you know, so that it's something that you don't want to have, you know, five of the same person, people training for wrestling. You you need to have the variety because every person that comes in there is going to be different. Yeah. And like one of the big things that I like, especially promoting, uh, I guess it is promoting because I am the guy putting out the like sign up for this school stuff now so it is promoting (laughs) but especially just when i talk to people that have been like wrestling for a while about like hey if you want to come train here if they ask me about training and it's like maybe there's a couple people that let's say like let's say a reed matthews for example he's been wrestling for like a fair amount of years now i think he had his first match in 2015 Mm mm-hmm and he still comes and trains as much as he can. He lives in Calgary, but he drives up here probably two or three weekends every month just to train. Mm-hmm. And with him, there's a lot that, like, just because I've been doing it for 20 years and I went to all those seminars, I can teach him some stuff. Yeah. But for him, I think the big benefit is, like, and I've told him this and I've told others in that same situation this, sure, like, just keeping sharp in the ring, that's good. Like, doing our roles and our drills and stuff that keeps you in shape that keeps you sharp and makes sure your feet move right and everything. So you're better just for that. But I think there's a huge benefit in helping teach other people. Mm -hmm. So that's something I really like being able to have like them doing, like you said, like when there's a Reed, a Taryn, a Zoe, a Steven, a Bayrat, pride, et cetera, et cetera. It's so many different people that can show you things that are all supportive 
and it helps them too be like showing Jared how to do something almost helps them like figure out, oh yeah, if I make sure I don't forget this stuff that I forgot a little bit, it's way better because yeah. I have to teach it to this kid perfectly because he's brand new. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like a reminder of that and it helps you figure out like little tricks and stuff. So mm-hmm. yeah, I really like that we have this environment with like like you said so many different people from like different backgrounds and they can learn too through helping teach new people and just it's fun it's like everything i it's what i envisioned and hoped it would be so um one thing i wanted to bring up and it it was one of our first interactions on twitter and like i have a a memory for stuff like this because it, it always stands out to me was I had posted a clip of Norman Smiley and he was doing like I think it was just a scoop slam and the way he did it like it just looked so crisp and then I remember Whoa. you came in and you're like hey you know who else uh Kurt Hawkins or Brian Myers is so technically sound in the ring and that's something I'll never forget just because like you go and you watch the clips and you're like holy shit this guy is really good in the ring yep um I know the exact thing you're talking about. You're supposed to be Norman Smiley, the body slam, where he just does that extra little wiggle with it. Yeah. Or not even the wiggle. He does like, he picks them up and then he almost does like an extra scoop mm-hmm. and throws them down. And for the longest time, Hawkins was doing that all the time on WWE, WWE Superstars. And I was obsessed with Hawkins during that little Superstars period because he's so ridiculously good. Mm-hmm. And I think... um. I think that's something I've always paid a lot of attention to is like a, just because I'm a wrestler. So I pay like attention to like every wrestler and I watch an ungodly amount of wrestling. It's disgusting. But (laughs) I always also had this thing of like, as a biased individual, obviously to this person, I had this thing of people don't know how good Tyson kid is. Mm -hmm. I was like always so angry, like you assholes, you don't know how good he actually is because like you didn't see him during his Japan run, you didn't see him during this. And like if you really watch him on Superstars with Trent Ferretta, like the stuff they're doing is so good. And then finally everybody saw it on NXT. And mm-hmm. when he was tagging with Cesaro and I was all like, yeah, that's right. But like there's so many other dudes like that too, like Hawkins. Mm-hmm. And I always saw Hawkins in that exact same kind of boat where it's like he's on these whatever they're called like the sea level show yeah but he's doing this work where it's all like dude if he was just in if they had decided that he was going to be in this spot he could be having matches that maybe they're not going to be as memorable as this so this might be a little bit of a hyperbole but i'm going to say it anyway he'd be matches that are remembered like some of bret hart's matches mm-hmm. but it just is what it is so yeah. I'm glad you remember that interaction, and I'm glad it sounds like it made you go watch some Kurt Hawkins. It's one of those things that stuck with me that it was just like, because like, it's so easy just to be like, oh yeah, you know, like someone will come, oh, the big wiggle, you know, this and that, but you're just like, yeah, you know, very technically sound. Hey, you got to see, you know, Kurt Hawkins because he's, you know, phenomenal in the ring too. And it just, it opens up like another like pathway to go down just with like taking in wrestling. So yeah. Um, circling back actually really quick that's kind of what I get into about like that's what I like about the experience people when they can come to training and help train new people because mm-hmm. it forces them to like 
really dial into those technically sound things mm-hmm. and then they literally just get better through helping teach somebody because now all of a sudden they're doing everything perfectly again except because they've been wrestling for so long they're better at it mm-hmm. so yeah. Well, I, I got one more for you, and then I'll let you go. And this is something I ask everyone. And since you mentioned you watch an ungodly amount of wrestling, uh, I'm very uh, I'm curious as to what you'll say. But I like to ask everyone for a match recommendation. So one that you're a fan of that you think that the listeners should go check out, whether it's up on the WWE Network, YouTube, or anywhere. But uh, just one that you're a fan of. I want to try to think of like something that not everybody will say because there's one that like i always 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 give Mm -hmm. but i'm sure like other people have said it before i'll say it really quick just for the sake of it but like bret hart versus owen hart or wrestlemania 10 literally just because i think that match is like to me that's the perfect pro wrestling match like it's the perfect basic pro wrestling match they don't do anything crazy it's all very like technically sound, but it looks like they're having a legit fight without punching or kicking each other too hard either, mm-hmm. or like too much. Sorry, like they look like they're hitting each other hard in it, but like without it being too much. And you can literally, even if you didn't know the story of it, as long as you told somebody like Owen's the younger brother, Brett's the older brother, you could watch that match and understand what they're telling you you don't have to see any of the build-up or anything like that it's just like all you have to know is brett's the younger brother or brett's the older brother owen's the younger brother and you can get that vibe from Mm -hmm. that match so it's like perfect from storytelling and technique and everything it's just it's so good um one thing i want to add just since you mentioned that like the match itself and then Later on, after Brett wins the title and everyone's celebrating in the ring and you see Owen just watching from the entrance way, that just like, it just adds even more to what you've just seen. And you don't like, as a kid watching that, you don't think as much, but now you're just like, oh shit. Yeah. So, 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 so good. Um, Oh, I always feel like, that I end up put on the spot on these things and my <laughs> mind goes completely blank. So I might have to like stay at just leaving it like Brett and Owen WrestleMania 10, honestly. So good. So um, good. Now, I mean, this will be airing right before the, um, a few days before or a week before the upcoming, your Infinity Gauntlet. But okay. what do you have for upcoming shows in May? Um, so shows in May, what I currently have after the Infinity Gauntlet is we'll have LPW by Clandestine Wrestling Society number three mm-hmm. on what's the last Thursday of May? Um, that would be help me out here. Last Thursday in May will be the 25th. Yeah, so that'll be May 25th on that Thursday at the rec room and mm-hmm. then the next night on may 26th will be love pro wrestling 15 i believe that'll be and i, I can't so. get my match away for either of these yet because of when we're recording this mm-hmm. um i think may might be like kind of a light month right now which is good for me when it mm-hmm. comes to that infinity gauntlet <laughs> <laughs> so it'll, it'll be the infinity gauntlet and then i think i've got those two 
for sure, for sure, right now locked up. There might be one or two others that have, get thrown in there that I just don't have fully confirmed yet. Mm-hmm. And then when we get into June, like June 9th, will be WrestleCore. Okay. DC. And oh, that's June 4th. The, the Wizard of WrestleCore, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. the WrestleCore of Oz. Yes, WrestleCore Wrestle of Oz. WrestleCore of Oz. And I can't give my match away for that one yet, but if it's what I've heard it might be, I really hope everybody tries to watch it. Nice. Because, you know, if I if it's what I've heard it'll be, it's probably it's one of the matches like I've most wanted to do, especially WrestleCore, mm-hmm. and I think it'll make me like very it'll be you won't see it on the thing, but deep down and in the background it will be a very emotional match for me and be really cool to have. Um and June fourth I'll be in Montreal for that Jacques Rougeau wrestling academy twenty twenty three thing. So yeah. Nice. Yeah, so I think actually May's a little a little bit light currently, but that's a good thing considering I'm wrestling for eight hours on one of the days. <laughs> <laughs> for those listening, if they aren't already following you on social media, where can they find you? Um, you can literally find me at everything, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, just at God's Gift MRB. So G O D S g-i-f-t-m-r-b and on all those social medias i'm there and then if you want to find some information just about me and actually like everybody that trains there and everything just easy in one place you can also go to clandestinewrestlingsociety.com and that'll have everything about training and it has some info about me it has some info about Terrence, zoe steven everybody and it also has all the information about the infinity gauntlet on that website so perfect michael thank you so much for joining me i truly appreciate it thank you my friend i appreciate it very much it was fun thank you so much to mrb for joining me here on the grain maker wrestling podcast now if you are able to go check out his social media you will find the link to the donation page the goal is five thousand dollars and i encourage you if you have the means to to any little bit helps to if you can donate a little bit that would be tremendous and it's going for a great cause so with that said um i have t-shirts available they are 25 dollars a piece you can buy them from me or through whatamaneuver.net any sales from t-shirts that i make up until the uh may 13th i will donate all proceeds to the uh donation page for stollery kids the eight hour infinity gauntlet match so if you'd like to buy a shirt just know that all proceeds will be going there and hopefully we can uh, donate a little bit as well so thank you for checking out this week's podcast i truly appreciate you taking time out of your day to listen to me talk about wrestling now if it's your first time listening you can find me up on twitter at grainmaker pod facebook instagram youtube grainmaker wrestling podcast uh, email grainmaker pod cast at gmail.com and you can also find me up on love wrestling doing some streaming up there so check out their youtube page check out their twitch some incredible lpw matches or they get uploaded all the time so definitely go check out that stuff and watch for me on the streams because we have a lot of fun so thanks again for checking out the podcast we'll talk soon